Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, this is Chris here. With a slight uh, little programming change. Uh, we're about to listen to the pull list, and usually the pull list is part of our mailbag on the Super Tuesday recap. But after talking to Deepom, we're doing a little bit of restructuring, a little bit of reorganizing, and we're going to start moving the pull list over to the Character Corner podcast since it just makes more sense. Like, the Character Corner is where we do a lot of talking about all of our comic book stuff, and Super Tuesday recap is really. We talk about a lot of the TV shows, movies, and we do the mailbag and things like that. So mailbag is still going to stay on Super Tuesday Recap. If you have questions about comic books, you can still email us there. But um, we're, we really enjoyed doing this episode of the, of the pull list. And like a couple days after I, I did it, I was like, man, that really felt more like a character corner. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. What we're going to do is we're going to keep uh, putting the pull list maybe every few months or so. Like I think um, you'll hear us talk about uh, Hickman's uh, X-Men run that he just started with um, House and Powers and I think we're going to the next one of these pull-ups we're going to do it's going to be time to think around like October 6th or October 9th whenever that last uh, issue comes out um, and that'll give us a time to kind of you know read all these comic books that we were talking about now and put a list together and we can spend like an hour hour and a half talking about it just like we did with this show and it just feels better take a little bit of pressure off of us of doing individual characters Allow us to talk about comics and, and follow these things. And we think it'll be better. So um, you might hear us talk about the Super Tuesday recap on this show that you're about to listen to right now. That's just because we recorded that way before we made this decision. But um, yeah, you're going to love this. Stay tuned. We're still doing uh, the New Mutants Character Corner uh, as part of our X-Men uh, Claremont uh, reread. Uh, stay tuned for that. We're actually recording that on Wednesday now. And that'll be out on Thursday. Uh, so, uh, listen to this and stay tuned. And I think you guys will really enjoy, uh, listen to us talk about our pull list every, um, every few, every few months. So thank you guys very much again and stay tuned for that new mutants character corner. Cause we have a special announcement on that show as well. Thank you guys and enjoy the show. This is your host, Chris and Deepom here. And, uh, we're doing a little, uh, sidebar from, uh, the mailbag because, uh, the mailbag really was almost two hours long last time, and we could not get to our pull list talking about the comics books we've been, uh, I don't even want to say reading over the month. It's like probably reading almost over the entire like few months. Um, and so we're going to come jump right in here and start talking about what we've been reading, uh, talk about some of these storylines, get into it. Yes, that means we're going to be talking about House of X and Powers of X. I just wanna, you did read the latest House of X, right? Spoilers up front, guys. I don't give a fuck. I'm spoiling the shit out of some comic books. Oh, yeah, today. yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We are not because I, I, I woke up early this morning to read it to make sure that I, could, I had it in my bag uh, for when we talk about it today. Yeah, we talking about the shit out of House of X, too. I'm sorry. We, we doing that. So. But you know what? Let's, we'll get there. We'll get there. We get there. We got some other stuff. But first. we're going to fucking get there. And if you guys are like, oh, this is the backdoor pilot for the X Men podcast, you might not be fucking wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, I Chris caught up on X Men in the last three, two weeks, and uh-huh. I've been getting texts just like, nigga. Just one word text from Chris, like, what's going on? He'll describe us, and like, yeah, man, shit's about to happen. He's like, about to. Yeah. 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 It's. And, 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 for our fucking next. and, and just and, recognize that. And, and just to clarify, this is not, this won't be the backdoor of the X. That started when we decided to do Claremont. So let's just, let's just be, let's, let's be honest with ourselves that when we decided to do Claremont, 
Because I think we knew on some level, like in our bones, that Hickman was coming for our necks. Yeah. So. We did not know like this. This has been a bit of a surprise. I... And here's the thing. And again, we're going to get more into this later on. The house and power of X are just the warm-ups. He's got, what was it, a month, two months to get everything in place and then the shit starts? Yeah, this, isn't, this, is, this is just him. He's setting, setting the table. We're three weeks in. And I don't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah, I, we're not prepared for this. But how could we be? Anyway, let's jump right into this. So we're going to handle this. We're going to do uh, outside of the big two. Uh, then we'll get into DC. Then we'll get into Marvel. Um, so let's jump right in. I'll be on. I'll start with myself just because I have not gotten to anything outside of the big two that I haven't oh. already discussed yet. I, I just haven't. Um, I'm a little bit behind. So I'll talk about some stuff that I, I need to catch up on. I've been reading Noble, uh, Superb. Um, my Uber Invasion is still their, their own break. I don't even know if they're coming back. That's the only thing about some of these independent books sometimes. You never know when they come back. Um, Which is why some of us wait for collected editions. I'm not a prick. I'm just principled. Hey, 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 I can't blame you. Um, those, are my, mo- those are my big ones right there, so I haven't really been outside of that. I know you got some stuff, so what you got? So are you caught up on Walking Dead? I, 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 so uh, uh, don't scream at me. I don't I'm read The Walking scared. Dead. I don't read The Walking Dead. I think I might have read up the 20 issues of The Walking okay. Dead. Okay. Can I discuss I Walking Dead? Yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. Guys, again, we're spoiling the fuck out of this. So what happened was Hick- <laughs> Hickman killed Rick in an issue. Wait, you said Hickman? The next issue is a 20-year fucking jump. And you get to see the society that's built out of that. And then he flash canceled the series. There was no next issue is the last issue. There was no countdown, no finale. He had Charlie Allrad draw fake covers for the next four issues. They solicited them, and then he ended the series. Hmm. And just so we know, Kirkman, not Hickman. You're already jumping ahead of yourself. So just sorry, I'm 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 Hickman drunk. Yeah, I, you almost got me. Wait, wait, did did Hickman jump? Oh, you almost got me. Like, <laughs> wait, did Hickman jump over Hickman, the one? That's Hickman in a beard. Um, no, Kirkman and team did. It's. I know you got off the book, and I get it. People fought the book because the show did what it did. Became a cultural icon. That book is amazing. And the letter Hickman, Rick, God damn it, Kirkman wrote at the back. He talks about how he knew the ending of this book at issue 100. And the question was, how was he going to get there? And he said, I could have gone on for three or four more years. I had stories I could have told, but I knew that I had reached the end. And by the time I think he said hit 150 or 175, he says, I knew exactly how many issues were left in this book. The strength of character to one, tell no one. To two, have the trust of the, I mean, the, the brand is basically his brand now, but still the trust of the publisher to say, I know what I'm doing with my book. Three, the trust of the audience to be able to handle it. It's a rarity that you have that kind of singularity of mind and writer, artist, and publishing house. And that's why I like indie books. If you want to get really real, like that's the appeal of indie books. When they're done good, they're done great. Another indie book I'm reading right now, or at least outside the big two, Boom Studios, I think it's Boom. Um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I've talked about this book before on this pull list. I need to I, get into those. I, I really need to get into these. We have talked about this Bruh. before. I've, it was like, uh, yeah, I need, I need to do these. 
So the the original purpose of the series is we got to see the Power Rangers like right before the Green Ranger, and we got to see them as a unit after. What happened when Tommy was becoming integrated with the Rangers? How did that work? And that's kind of the premise of the first part of the series. It this big event called Shattered Grid. It's wonderful. I've talked about it on here. But post-Shattered Grid, they kind of visited other Ranger teams. It kind of lost me as a reader because I wasn't exposed to anything past the originals because I'm 34. And it was cool to see these different dynamics and how things have played out and how the franchise has grown. But when they came back to our reality, our timeline, it's now the introduction of the three new Rangers after those three actors left on the show. But of course, because this isn't the show, they didn't just leave because of contracts. They're being Rangers across the universe. But their friends think they're at a peace conference. It's, it's, it's something that's, it's, it takes this, the ideas of the show and subverts them and changes them in a way that's really appealing and really, it kind of grows the lore, which I really appreciate. I don't normally do this to talk about books that I don't like, but we're at issue, I think, nine now. Don't read IDW's Transformers. And, and, and just so, if you're new to this podcast or any kind every, of every podcast, podcast is someone's new first one, isn't in, it? In any, any podcast we've ever done, whether it's the character <laughs> corner stuff, like we did, we actually did some stuff on the character corner for um, uh, Transformer stuff. So I interviewed the writer of my favorite comic book series ever, which happens to be a Transformer series right. twice. So hearing these words from, from Deepalm right now, I don't say them lightly, Chris. Right. I gave it all the shots in the world. But it reminds me, I saw, I was, I was trying to formulate my thoughts for this podcast. I saw someone mention online, I forget where it was, it's not being unattributed, I just don't remember. It reminds you of episode one of The Phantom Menace, of, of Star Wars, where it's like, oh, you've got this thing you're familiar with? Well, let's go back to how it started, and not with anything exciting, but with a bunch of talking. I swear to you, there's no fewer than eight panels of Megatron walking up or downstairs in this week's issue. <laughs> I'm done. I'm curious because, of course, I'm curious because the characters I love and they've spawned a toy line, which, as I'm sitting from my desk, has cost me too much money already. Honestly, just if you're a Transformers fan, these siege figures are fucking beautiful. Um, but the book's bad. It's just bad. It never grabs you. It's never compelling. I understand the idea of, oh, well, high-minded drama worked for ro ro robots in disguise, and it's working for other in this current society. And guess what? If you're starting a new continuity. Not a great hook to be like, what are the rules of parliamentary procedure? And that's what we've gotten. I've gotten a lot of trade talks about a lot of uh, blockades of Naboo and very little Transformer action. So, yeah, I, I cannot not, I can't recommend against Transformers new IDW enough. I apologize for anyone who feels differently. That wasn't easy for me to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, wow. That is shocking. It, I didn't enjoy saying it. If you love Transformers, more than meets the eye is out there, guys. Robots in Disguise is great. That entire pre-IDW verse, the Phase 2 and Phase 3 of it is amazing. And I've, I've taken to rereading more than meets the eye as opposed to reading the new Transformers book. I'm not going to lie. Um, right. Uh, what was I going to say? The, um, anything else you got for this? Uh, no, that's all the stuff I'm reading outside the big two. I will say this. Uh, Charlie Jane Andrews, former editor over at Gizmodo and io9, announced on Twitter today that she'll be a writer. She's been writing on the Why the Last Man series. So I guess we're getting closer to seeing that come to fruition, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'm interested in seeing how they do that. 
I think I, thought, I think a series would work really well for them um, for this. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, Brian K. Vaughn kind of writes in a very cinematic way. I think it's going to play really well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that one. So. Um, all right, let's jump into let's jump into the big two. So uh, let's do DC. Um, let's do one. You, you, leave, you, you start because I wanted to see where you are. I'll fill in any gaps where I'm at, but you start. Let, let's start. Let's start with something we 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 started before, um, and now that it's over, we can actually kind of get into the discussion. Let's let's start with uh, Heroes in Crisis, and um, this is not going to be the last time I say this, but someone please hug Tom King. And this isn't coming from the Wally fanboy in me, and maybe it is. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I I was, a lot it, a lot of people say that, and I and I totally get yeah, that. I get it. At this, so let's go let's go why we don't like. It. Okay, so, so in short, if you haven't read, first of all, weird. Second of all, do it. Third of all, Heroes in Crisis is essentially a story about a hidden facility where heroes go to deal with their trauma. They actually did some pretty good world building in some of those. Like, there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens mm-hmm. in the ancillary parts. The main story I found kind of lacking. So there's an accident where a bunch of heroes are killed, including Wally West and Roy fucking Harper. It becomes pretty much a whodunit. And eventually it's revealed that it's a diff- it's a Wally West who did it by accident because the speed force erupted out of him because he was in so much grief over losing his wife and kids. But as opposed to owning up to his mistake, he framed Booster Gold and Harley Quinn, then went into the future to try to fix it. Convoluted is a nice way to put it. Yeah. I didn't like it. Because I felt like they were hiding the ball. Like, I feel like there are some of these where it's, it, it's it, the mysteries are solvable. Mm-hmm. And this is one where it wasn't. Identity Crisis is the same thing. Um, except I think there were more pieces that you could have figured out how the crime was done if you didn't figure out who. Right. This, it felt like, and this is going to be the wall stand in me, we've punished this motherfucker since he got back. Right. And now it's just like, what do you do when a man is down? You kick him in the head so he doesn't get up. Like, that's how it feels. And I know they've got plans for him, and I think it's the Flash Forward series. It's a six-part mini coming in 2020 on the heels of uh, Year of the Villain. I get that. There are plans. But their being plans doesn't necessarily make me amicable to the way they've treated probably the greatest legacy character in comic book history. All right. And I, I, and I feel you on that one. And and I totally understand that point. I guess my hope is that at some point, <laughs> and I was, we were having this conversation in the uh, MTR Network group about the Fast and Furious series, the whole Justice for Han thing. At some point, I'm hoping we're getting justice, justice for, for Wally. And what I mean by that and, is... And, and I think we are. I think you're yeah. right. And, I, and, and we talk about some other things you're about to read in DC. A lot of it's interconnected. Like, there are pieces of Doomsday Clock in here. There are pieces of No mm-hmm. Justice in there. Like, there are pieces that say that this is part of a bigger plan, but change the fucking plan, man. Yeah, I, I think that at this point, I mean, and, and for, again, you know, maybe this is somebody's first time and don't understand. Don't, maybe somebody's, you know, and again, we, we had this when somebody said that their, their Thor and, and, and their, their, their Thor was Gene Foster and their Captain America was. Well, Sam Wilson, maybe somebody out there who doesn't understand this, like, Wally West was the Flash for a good portion, almost all of our, our lives. He was the Flash for 30 years. Yeah. Um, the whole Barry being the Flash, 
is technically a not. I mean, and again, not not to say that Barry Allen was not the first Flash, but in in from the Silver Age one was the first Flash, but he died. He died before, pretty much before I started reading comics. And he didn't just die in a way that was kind of a. Oh, he'll be back next month. He sacrificed himself for the universe. It's one of those things that everyone always said. The three people you don't bring back are Gwen Stacy, Uncle Ben, and Barry Allen. Yeah. Two of the three are back. Yeah. Um, Spider Woman's a thing. Yeah. So they've and I but I it, it, I think the thing that makes it worse here, there there have been ways to bring him back, but they brought him back, but then ever since they got back. And and then when we get into Flashpoint, they then literally didn't erase Wally West from the time. And I think that is where a lot of this problem comes down to. So now when we're seeing this and again, even if there's plans and even if they're like, I, my hope is that we'll look back at Heroes of Christ and go, okay, I, I, I get it. Like, I don't, I didn't have, I don't have, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you or some other folks. Um, and, but I, I get the, like at some point, Give the man a fucking break. And I understand that being a Flash, particularly a, a, a Barry or a Wally, comes with tragedy. But at this point, like, this is a man that when we finally bring him back in Rebirth, couldn't touch the woman that he loved because, you know, and, and, and literally realizes that he's, he's lost, a, lost a family. He's lost a lifetime because of his uncle decided to basically be fucking selfish as shit. Yes. And, and so we haven't really... I mean, Flash War kind of addressed a little bit. We really haven't come to reconcile that. And, and this kind of goes, not to get into the, this whole Fast and Furious thing, but it's kind of where I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like what they're doing with Decker Shaw. Everybody's like happy. I'm like, I mean, at some point, do we, are we going to ever address the fact that the Shaw brothers killed two members of I think y'all are taking the Fast and Furious. Well, well no, 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 no. But it's the same thing, right? It's like, if you're not going to do it, then fine, don't do it. But don't tease me and say, oh, no, no, we're going to get just, you, you can't. At this point, I feel, I feel like I feel like Banner during Endgame. Either all of it's a joke or none of it is. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, right. go in or out. And so to kind of tie it back into the Wally stuff, it's like at some point you guys have to address the fact that you got to did it a little bit, and we we went kind of down that road a little bit with Flash War in the main Flash book. But at some point we got to address the fact that Wally literally had his life stolen mm-hmm. from him, and and we're going to do Day Clock later. Maybe we're, we'll eventually get to that, um, but it's, like I said, I think that's where the, the thing comes in. I don't even think it has to be a Wally stand. It's just, once again, DC, this is, a, this, this is, like you said, probably one of the greatest legacy characters of all time. If, if you were a side, if you were, if you were, if you liked seeing sidekicks growing up, like, this is a character that went from being a sidekick to being the hero. Not... Like, not like with Dick Grayson putting on the, the cow for like a year or something like that. Wally was like some of the most defining character races of the Flash that we know today came during the Wally West era. Hell, the Speed Force came during the Wally West era. We don't know half the things we talk about when it comes to the Flash without Wally West. And so it is one of those things that kind of treating him like a secondary side character kind of. Give you, I was in the, I was in the, uh, I went to the uh, the store like a couple of days ago. I was wearing my Flash shirt, and um, the cashier was like, "Oh, you're a fan of the Flash? Which one?" And I, I just instantly was like, "Wally West." He was like, "Oh, you mean like TV or like movie?" I was like, "Oh, you meant that?" I was like, "Oh shit, okay." 
Because I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you ask me who my flash is, I'm like, Wally. Knee jerk. Yeah, it's knee jerk reaction. It's like Wally West. Like, like everything that you know about the flash. Who's your Robin? Tim Drake. Yeah, it's just, come on. Just, it's just what happens. So, yeah, I don't know. So, I, again, I, I liked it, but I'm, I'm with you on this. Yo, has this man been kicked enough? Can we? Right. Can we? Like we, we he won the flash, the war, the race, the flash race, the fastest man alive. And that's all the thing too. We got to remind us. We got to remind everybody. Yeah, Wally, Wally won. So Barry Allen is not even in the universe. He's not the fastest man alive. Wally West is just. So Never we know that. Never forget these things. Never forget these things. Like even now, Barry Allen cannot introduce himself in his books as I'm Barry Allen, the fastest man alive because. Wally is the fastest man alive and beat the shit out of him. So just throwing it out there. Respect our flash. Um, which, which one do you want to do next off of this? No, I'm letting you go. You just go. I've, got, um, I've got my list in front so of me. So I just, I, just I just did Tom King. So let's talk about Batman. And again, somebody give Tom King a hug. Because, the biggest hug. Because again, Tom King, is, I think I said this too. When I, when I, when I think I emailed you or texted you. It was like, Tom King is turning into Grant Morrison, like a better writing Grant Morrison, in that he likes to break characters, and he's broken. He's broken Batman, not Bruce Wayne. He's shattered. He's broken Batman, and I think that's the difference we've gotten here. You know, we've seen Bruce Wayne be broken, or the man under the mask be broken. What Tom King has done with between Bane and Thomas Wayne. From the Flashpoint universe, he has broken Batman. That one issue where they show where where Batman uh, summons the family to go, you know, take down, you know, all the criminals he believes have gotten loose and are running Arkham Asylum, and they're all like, "Bruce, there's nothing here. The Batman, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong." And it, he like they've literally broken this man, the, the, the character down, and. Now we're doing City of Bane, and oh boy, we're all the way back to the beginning where we started. Bane won. Oh yeah, Bane won. We we are now at the point where Bane is one. Um, but what I've loved is I don't how many issues. It's like seventy now. We're at like seventy four. We're at seventy six. Seventy six. Um, came out today. I, and I haven't. I didn't read that issue yet. But like That's we fair. have, we have, we have gotten to the point where we have literally come back to the beginning. We, from from the beginning of the, you know, when 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 when, you know, Bruce is trying to stop the plane, and, right. and Gotham Girl and 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 uh um her brother show up like we've we've gotten back to bringing that that stuff that's happened up there back in the whole thing he's made um the whole thing with Selena and the wedding and calling off and and seeing the like. Uh, the the riddle of um uh the war of jokes and riddles like all of this stuff has come back and and is fit into some part of the plan and you know kite man. kite man like this has been like we thought Snyder's run was great on Batman um but I'm what 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 Tom King has done right now has been it's been so fascinating it's been such a character deep dive into like really the character that I'm like the idea of Bruce, I mean, uh, of Bane finally figuring out that the way to really break Bruce is to give him that hope and give him that feeling that he can have that life and take it away from him. Like, you know, have him believe that he can 
set everything up so he can believe that he can have that subtle settle down life with with Catwoman, and 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 even though he you know and get get under that skin of his, and and then snatch it away from him, like I'm like, that's fucking cool as shit, dog. That would right. break anybody, and it's like right. and to see somebody you never see broken, I mean really really broken like this, like Bruce and Batman, they're broken. And then, Shat- and what's good for like this, like so the things people remember about Nightfall in the '90s is that Bane broke Batman over his knee. Right. People forget is that the lead up to that was Batman getting run ragged because Bane blew up a little hole in Arkham and let all the bad guys out and exactly. let them run him ragged until he was ready to be broken. Right. This time, he thought he beat Bane in like issue twelve, it, and that's yeah, yeah. It's you know what it is, it's the typical long game you usually see Bruce play on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Bane's now played it on him. It's it's when it effectively did is it raised Bane's profile forever. You can never think of anyone as the equal of Batman. Mm-hmm. The opposite number is the Joker, but the equal is Bane. Mm-hmm. From now until forever, because what he's done is because what happened was. They brought Bane in kind of as a gimmick, and as they flesh out the character, he had power levels fluctuate. He had a great depiction in Secret Six under the pen of Gail Simone, but kind of used all over the place. This is the first time since the mid-90s that Bane has felt like a threat. Yeah. Absolutely. And by threat, I mean he won and took over God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I don't I don't and I hear that I don't know what's next I don't I don't know how you come back what well, is he's Batman so of course you gonna come back but ooh, right um so uh the next let's save Doomsday Clock what else you got before let's save that one for last um I've got a lot of stuff here right, you, you ready to settle in for a second yeah you there yeah it's it yeah go ahead okay um. Are you up on Snyder? So they gave Snyder Justice League. So no, but just real quick okay. to say, um, they do have the first four issues in DC Universe. So I'm going to read those, and I need the, I need to figure out what that schedule is for them updating DC Universe. So I'm going to okay. read the first four in from DC Universe, and I'll pick it from there. Okay, so it, it spins out of Dark Knight's Metal. It spins out of um, No Justice, and it's super well done and super big idea and like. It starts. You start seeing the the claws of Doomsday Clock, and here's a crisis here as well. Um, Batman, we just talked about Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, really took a really good turn this last year. I really enjoyed that book. Teen Titans, I've been reading. Uh, do you want to talk about Flash? Are you, you're up on Flash, though, right? I'm behind on Flash. So talk, talk about it. It's okay. Fine. Yeah. Just- Flash has just been amazing. They did kind of this deconstruction of Barry Allen. They did a year one Flash story where it's basically the first time Barry has his powers. They make the first villain he really faces is the Turtle. Which is a pretty interesting uh, turn on the story, but it's it's an, an interpretation of the Flash you hadn't really seen before. I really enjoy it. Um, Event Leviathan. I don't know if you're reading that. It's been this is big mystery book. Um, all the super organizations in the DC universe all went down within an hour of each other. Deo, Spiral, Star Lab, uh, uh, you name it, they fell. Checkmate. Everyone's down, and the only thing that's in this place is Leviathan, and so. There's a, it's a book about, it's a mystery. And they let Bendis write it, and it's got Lois Lane and Batman and Plastic Man and Green Arrow and Red Hood. And it's, it's very, very well done and very good. And there were only two issues in, but 
the event Leviathan books have been taking place over in Action Comics, also written by Brian Michael Bendis. He is uh, doing a really interesting job revitalizing kind of the, the Superman books. You know that he's got that Legion book coming up soon. Um, let's see what else I got here. I just want to jump in real quick and just say, um, I remember we had this conversation uh, like a couple years ago, and I was not in on, and I still kind of not on the Dark Knight Metal stuff. I appreciate the fact that I, I haven't gotten all into all these books, but I appreciate the fact that they have not dropped any of the stuff there and that you see this stuff is still coming up. So I really do appreciate the fact that it's, even if I wasn't in on that, um, right. that uh, uh, event, Story. they're still building it's outside It's a plan. There's a plan right. this time. Right, exactly. And so, you feel like there's a structure around the universe that we haven't really felt before. Um, coming out of just what you discussed, the Batman who laughs. It's the, the last Batman from Dark Knight's Metal mm-hmm. taking on Batman. And it's awesome. I kind of wanted to read that. I, it's been... a miniseries and it's fucking great. And it's yeah. spinning into the new Batman Superman series where six heroes have been infected by the dark metal. We know one of them is Shazam from the first, co- the second cover of Batman Superman. Mm-hmm. And we know another one from the newly solicited covers is going to be Supergirl. So I think, I think in the end of one of the Batmans, they had, at least the digital version, they had some, some um, preview pages for that. And they show that when the one the, it was it was Billy Batson, I was like, "Yeah, I might have to read the I might have to read the Batman no. last so I can get into this Batman." It's Superman gonna be and, that fucking fire. Because I'm, like, I'm like, that I'm like, yeah, I'm like, mm, this sounds this is actually pretty interesting, and it ties in again. We talked about this before because Marvel is all the time. Even if it's not an event you like, being able to use the, the information from there and and carry it on makes you want to go back and like maybe I'll revisit it and look at it again. So yeah. Couple other books I'm reading before we move on. Curse of the White Knight. It's the continuation of the White Knight books. Really well done. Um, it's only one issue in, but it's it's kind of dealing with the fallout of the White Knight. Azrael is going to be the big bad there, so that's pretty interesting. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's last Batman story, The Last Night on Earth. They're getting these maxi series, maxi sized books. I think it's coming out once a month, but they're huge books. Um, and you got to read it, Chris. I, this is not what I'm going to let you slide on. You got to read this one. And then the last thing I want to talk about, um, it's Elseworlds. Uh, it's, it's DC Comics. Um, Tom Taylor is writing Deceased. Man. Have you, you've heard about Deceased, right? Mm-hmm. Dang it. So if you guys have heard this podcast long enough, you've heard me talk about the Injustice 2 books and the Injustice books, all the crazy outside wild shit that Tom Taylor did there. Yeah, he's doing it here. He's, <laughs> he's doing it here. It's, uh, it's all bad. Issue four, it ends with them blowing up Metropolis. Basically, the dark, the anti-life equation hits Earth, hits all of reality, and it's transmitted through our devices, our laptops, our cell phones. And this doesn't put you under Dark Side's will because he couldn't control it either. It turns you into a ravenous zombie to consume life. Chris. Uh, Batman's boys find him in the cave. Ooh. The birds of prey corner Harley. Um, in an alley, and Superman has to go through the Daily Planet, heat visioning people he knew. Yikes. Oh, all the yikes. But it's Tom Taylor, so it's entertaining, kind of, <laughs> but also a lot of yikes. But it's really well done. 
What do you got left? Um, I bought it, but I haven't got into it. I want to read the the. I think I forgot that. So I know the Green Arrow books went to fifty, but I know the last one that Benjamin Percy was on. I think it went up to like thirty four, thirty six. So I got the last volume right. that he wrote. So I'm gonna the last read, volume is so good. I'll vouch for the last volume. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm 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 gonna finish it all. I'm doing it by volume, so they only have volume seven right now with the last one he wrote. So when they put the new volumes out here, I, I'm just do I do it by volume. So uh, when they do the next volume for for Green Arrow, I get those I get those as well. Um, that's it. Like I said, there's been a lot of stuff I want to catch up on DC. I just, again, it's. You want to talk Doomsday Clock? We'll talk about Doomsday Clock in a second, but like, there's a lot of stuff I want to catch up on DC. But like, again, you're you're almost there with the DC Universe app by having me be able to. Like, I'm I'm gonna catch up (laughs) on some of the stuff, but like, it's like a year old. Um, right. We'll get into this when we we talk Marvel. But there's a certain book that I was able to at least get 12 issues into because. It's it's all on Marvel Unlimited, and I, I got I still got books to catch up with, but I'm now I got I got twelve issues in me. I'm not gonna like I, I I gotta I gotta buy it now. Oh, before we go, Doomsday Clock, Naomi is a book by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, how was um, that? it's awesome. I'm gonna check that. out. And too. he finally reveals her last name in the last issue of the mini. Mm-hmm. McDuffie. Oh wow. Oh. He named after Dwayne. Oh wow. Wow, that's well. Let me see who's doing the art on that because I think how, how many I want to say it's Jamal Engel, but I'm not sure. How many how many issues was it? I think. Hold on, let's let me not lie to you. How about I just Google it? Give me one second. Because I'll, I'll check that out too. I actually I want to get into some of the the Bendis stuff. I just haven't. Um, I guess Maybe like, six issues. Okay, I'll check that out. And it's Jamal Jamal Campbell. And so apparently, when they were thinking of the last name before Jamal Campbell is a black artist, and before Bendis could even before Campbell could be like. Can we name it after Dwayne? Business is like, I got the last name for McDuffie. <laughs> and they don't reveal it to issue six, so spoilers, but whatever. The whole six issues is great. She's going to become a power player, I think, in the next year in the DC universe because of her origins and her power set. It's a book, Young Black Girl. It's, it's, she is basically, she's a survivor from another dimension as opposed to another planet, but they gave her a Superman origin and they gave her a lot of high profile writers and artists. And they gave her, I think she's going to be in the new Young, she's going to be in Young Justice. They got her a big profile. There's a lot of big go, uh, guest stars in those six issues. So they've got plans for Naomi, and I hope they stick to them. Oh, nice. Good. Um, I know you mentioned Young Justice. I know you're reading that. So I guess we'll probably talk about that with Doomsday Clock, probably. Or do you want to? Yeah, I mean, Young Justice is weird because they started the mission. They, they had one big mission to start the, the series. And then you saw, like, everyone slowly get their memories back of pre-rebirth and pre-52 Young Justice. And now they've been shunted through the multiverse. So now they're kind of doing the a requisite tour of the multiverse where they went to the, um, the little, 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 um, little Justice League planet. They're going to go to like Earth 3 and meet their crime syndicate counterparts. It's going to be a fun trip. And Tim Drake's getting a brand new code name that Bendy says he thinks will stick for a while and a new costume to look. So no more Red Robin, no more Robin. Something new is coming. All right. Well, let's see what happens. Um, all right. Let's get the Doomsday Clock. So, it took him a while to get here, but I'm 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 back in. <laughs> Finally, we got two more issues left, and I can't. You said what now? I can't wait for these last two. Yeah, I can't wait for the last two. It's like this has definitely been, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, it, it was it was a slow build to get up there and and, and kind of get to where they're getting to. I want to say probably around. Was it like issue eight, probably? 
seven or eight yep. is when you start getting some, okay, we're now starting to kind of piece things together. Um, and, I, and I'll be honest, I think there's been a little bit of fluff on some of that stuff. We probably could have cut some of that stuff out. Um, but we're really starting to get the idea of what, what the point is and what, we, what they were trying to do here. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested now. Give me, I want those last two issues. And so, I, I did, so when you and I were talking about over text this week, I was kind of like, let me go back to the beginning of this thing. So I think thematically, they took a Watchmen approach. Yeah. So Watchmen starts with the story of a robbery. It turns into something else, mm-hmm. but it starts with the story of a robbery, and this starts with the story of a breakout. And I think that's almost like part of the. And this is me getting like super weird and high minded about comics, like I tend to do. But I think it's part of the meta commentary that every piece of the watch matters, and even the smallest disruption makes the clock go. Right. So it ties in. I appreciate it more now, taking a step back and looking at the whole series. And and, and, I, and I'll say that too. Maybe cause I don't know. When, I don't know when issue eleven is due out. Maybe I'll take that time and go back and start from the beginning and now read. It, it probably is a better read because again, it's been there's been delays. There's been it's been so slow they went to from get the, the 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 uh, monthly to bi monthly, which again, I am not saying DC planned this at all, right? But it seems to be working out pretty well. Yeah, they worked it out pretty well. As far as the metas, as far as the story that's happening in Justice League and Young Justice and Heroes in Crisis and Flash and all these big, like, universe touching things. Because, spoilers, Justice League just inducted the Monitor and the Forger into the Justice League. Hmm. They're getting big there, too. Like, Snyder's doing something huge. And I think all these pieces are going to connect and make sense. Because if you read Young Justice, you see they, they count the crises for you. Mm hmm. They say there's been seven. You're like, wait a second. Right. They do the same thing in Justice League. They're very explicit about we're messing with DC history and the way stories are told. And then Doomsday Clock. Look, nigga. Well, and I, and I appreciate the fact that they're not just messing with it, but also adjusting it and, ex- and it, trying to explain why one of our biggest complaints about the DC, and again, different are for different folks, right? You know, right. you can say that the problem with the Marvel Universe is that everything is connected. So there really is sometimes no real good jumping in point. I don't agree with that, but like you get that point, right? Um, with DC, you jump in and you get things like us where it's like, well, Wally West is my flash, not because on some like Jane Foster Thor type shit, but because like, no, literally Barry Allen died and he was supposed to be the flash. And then you went around, go into our Hawkman character corner and try to figure that shit out. You know? <laughs> so, like them trying to do this, like I love when we get into these last few issues of the Doomsday Clock, when you start getting the idea that Dr. Manhattan has, you know, he he's the one that kind of causes so that certain events didn't happen. Like the idea that he is the reason why the Justice Society doesn't exist. That or he's the reason why we have so many different starting points for the DC universe. Oh, I love I I I think that was issue ten where they kind of explain the different like the different starts and stops the, of the DC. The universe. different starts and stops for things like Superman. Man. Like was Superman? Now he is such a. He's the one. Right. Was Su- Why? Why do you have all these doors? Like sometimes Superman is 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 in the is in the forties. Sometimes he appears in the eighties. Like what is that? What is that? That reason? And you have the different origins for 
his parents are his parents alive? Did they died when he was young. When did they? When did they? When went when, when with that? Like, I love the, the tying that stuff in there, and that to me is when this is where what I wanted from them doing from Doomsday Clock from the beginning. This is where we're trying to get those, that information kind of filling in the gaps, and it makes me, it makes me go like, okay, this is what I was waiting for. This now kind of trying to explain and have reasons for some of these events happening when they did. Interesting enough, and now to think about it, kind of similar to something that is happening over there in Marvel right now with a certain hit. Look, they, they let Snyder and company, I want to say Snyder because he's doing it in Justice League, but I think it's, everyone's being communicated that there's an editorial edict that were headed towards one direction, that no justice was an event, and there's another event coming. Mm-hmm. And if you read Justice League, you can kind of figure out where they're headed, but it's the Justice Doom War, basically they kicked off this week. But the idea, the meta idea of justice versus doom and questions of the multiverse's destruction, mm-hmm. they're not new to fiction, and I'm not saying they're cribbing from Hickman a couple years ago at Marvel. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they've given their own architects a similar edict. Say, make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Make all of the pieces matter. And, and I think, honestly, it's almost a harder job here. Oh, it's always a way harder job. It's a way harder because job. Because there's so many different strings to, to, to make sure you're holding on to. Right. Oh, no, no. I, and, I, I, that, and that's why I want to definitely give them credit here because this, it's a way harder job to pull all the pieces together in DC than it is for Marvel. It just is. And I always thought, just from the beginning when they said they were doing... We, 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 we've been talking about this since they launched Rebirth, right? We've been waiting for something like this since, since Rebirth launched about making all of this stuff matter. So the fact that we're here and they haven't abandoned it, because again, this is not us being hard on DC, but DC is known for, you know, it getting kind of hard and getting kind of messy and deciding we're just going to abandon it, throw another crisis in the air and call it a day, wipe our hands of it and, and go about it that way. Right. They have stuck with this and they have taken the long road and they should get credit for that. And I, again, I still don't know if it's going to stick, but I appreciate everything that's so far so good. And I appreciate the effort. Like everything here is makes me want to read these things, making these things matter. And there might be things that I don't like at this moment. Like, again, we talked about this with the Wally West stuff at that moment, might not like it, but I still, I have more confidence now that we're going to have some kind of outcome with that than we did before. You know, yeah. so I'm very, very intrigued what was on here. Like, you know, seeing the idea of, yeah, I, I, Dr. Man talking about, like, I moved the lantern two inches out of the way so that Alan Scott couldn't grab it. And that's why Alan Scott did never became a Green Lantern. All the different pieces of, of, of the puzzle you're you seeing. You start to realize how- that the DC universe is Dr. Manhattan's test kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. So what if I get rid of the Justice Society? Right. Motherfucker still lands on Earth. I'll be damned. Okay. What if I kill his dad? Still Superman. All right. This is weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got, I love that they did the, use the lens of the normal guy to like show the alterations. Well, I, I love that. I also love the fact that they use Superman because again, mm-hmm. just starting with action comics number one, it starts with him. Yeah. And so but he's asking the question that so many people ask kind of on a, on a meta level today, why does Superman matter in 2019? Exactly. And, and, and I'm I, like, this motherfucker's here. Like, that's when I was like, oh, Jeff Johnson's back on his shit. Yeah. Excuse yeah, me, I'm, sir. Like, I, I, this, is, this to me is where Jeff Johns, you know, you know, we get hit or miss and something like that. But this is where 
Jeff Johns, you know, earns that check. And I'm like, I'm in. This is this is what I was waiting for. I was hoping for it again. I was never completely out on Doomsday Clock. It was more like a let me just wait and build up issues and then and then right. catch up and read on it. It's gotten to the point now where I'm like, okay, and no, and knowing there's like two issues left, I'm like, yeah, now's the point. So if you guys have been waiting to get up on Doomsday Clock, now's the time. Go yeah. in, jump in, catch up. Because when you get to issue ten, and and you're like, uh, we, are we about to get Superman fight, Superman fighting Doctor Man? Are we about to? What are we? Are we about to do this right now? Like, I'm here. Let's do it. Yes. You know, I'm I'm all here for it. Um, yeah. Cause I remember when you told me it's like I think when when either nine or ten came out, you're like, no, no, now now's the time. And I was like, all right, I was like, do it now. Yeah. Pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this this is this is it. This is, a, this is a good time to do it. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do over there at DC with that. For all the shit we harp on DC about, like there are some, and and you know what? This is a good time before we jump into Marvel. Um, and I meant to open the the, the podcast about this right now. Uh, when when I did that, I completely forgot about it. Is um, oh man, uh, I'm gonna need some writers to to stop being on their A game because there really are too many good comics to read right now. Like this is the it's it's actually gotten to be a problem. There are too many good comics, and and this doesn't even get into like you know again outside of the big two, but inside the big two, there are so many well written comics and stories going on. It's too much to catch up on, and I need the, I need some of them. To, I, I'm gonna need some Falcons. I'm gonna need some mosaics. Asshole. That was so mean. <laughs> I'm gonna need some Falcons. I'm gonna need you know some. Where I got help? You know where I got help? What? Transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna need some shit like that. I'm gonna need Good something where. Looks, guys. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna need some shit where it's just like, yeah, I can't read this shit no more because there's too much stuff. Like to the point of, like again, I don't, I don't have a lot of DC subscriptions, but now I like the reason why I don't is because I, I can't keep doing that fifty dollar. Uh, uh, bill every week, you know. So I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some of them to start slacking a little bit because it's too many things I want to read. I don't have op- options for. Also, why DC Universe? I need to put more. I mean, you, you started to go off good. You you've been getting there. I've been reading some of the stuff on there. Put more books or give me a schedule for when these books are going to be updated because I, I need to catch up on a lot of. I need to catch up on a lot of shit. So. Get it together. Get it together. Um, <laughs> I want to offer a counterpoint. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Just help me. Help. <laughs> I need. I'm yo. The fact that I can like doing this. So this is how I did this. I wrote myself an email and I just kept track of every book I read. I was like, let's just go back and see what I bought in the last. Call it three weeks. One, two, one. The the super the the DC list is close to the Marvel list. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no. There are books I, know, I didn't yeah. talk about today that I'm reading regularly. Yeah, I know. Like there is a, and the thing about it is, I think once you've got that structure, and this is me talking strictly about DC. Once you've got the idea of the plan of what's next on a meta level, on a larger level, the freedom to paint outside the lines or paint kind of with all the different colors in the, the color box, it's there. Teen Titans and Destro crossover this year, and they fucking killed Slade Wilson. That was four issues ago in his solo book. Which has been fan-fucking-tastic. They elevated Lex Luthor again. They made him matter in this universe. He matters now. I, I need you to read Justice League. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I am more bullish on, and again, without getting super negative, this is why I get so frustrated at their fucking cinematic universe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Because it shows me with a plan, you can literally do anything because you're writing gods. Yeah. Marvel's fun because all the characters have feet of clay and they're human foibles and they're relatable. Cool. I've said this on this podcast. It says on Character Corner. I've probably said it on UD Pod. DC heroes are literally the pantheon of the gods. They are meant to be aspirational. Excuse me. Inspirational, not aspirational. No one's going to be Batman. But you will say in your darkest hour, it is on me to keep getting up. That's the point of this side of the aisle. Larger than life. Barry, Barry Allen shouldn't matter. Barry Allen didn't really matter. Fuck him. The scarlet, the lightning, that's what matters. That fucking S shield, whether it's the crest of the House of L or it means hope in Kryptonian. Whatever you decide it means, it matters. And treat it like, like that's the thing. I'm getting worked up now because it's a lack of respect. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, I think when people sit there go, oh man, y'all are being hard and y'all are being, no, it's like, we know what they are capable of. This is one of those things. This is like being, this is like seeing somebody is capable of so much more, yet they don't even bother trying. You know, again, I hate to go on the rant again about the Joker film, but it's like, yo, we have Joker stories you can tell. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. There's lots of them. You can tell something amazing. And you have the ability, people are, people are more willing to take on some of your elseworldly type things or non-canon things because you have books that do that. Just do that. You don't need to go out there and reinvent the wheel and try to see, well, maybe people will enjoy this. Maybe this will you know what connects with people because you do it mm-hmm. every fucking Me enjoying week. Deceased does not mean they should make a Deceased movie. No. It means that in the regular course of business, a, a juxtaposition that is one standard deviation away of something I know can be entertaining. However, it will never replace the thing I know. We've got these characters. They've been mighty fucking popular for 50 years, Chris. I'm thinking we throw all that shit in the fucking can and do something else when we make it for our largest audience ever. You know, Why don't we just distill the best parts of the character and deliver those to the larger audience? That's fucking stupid and you're fired. Go work for Marvel. Here, 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 don't, 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 don't slander Marvel like that. So, no, that's, the, what they do. that's what Marvel does. They take the history. They distill okay. it and they yeah. say, what are the four words about this character? Go put that on the screen. True. DC's like, what are the four words about this character? Throw that motherfucker in the trash. Give me four different words. Oh, yeah. Put that on the screen. Yo, here's a crazy thing. I just thought about this. With the anime series that Marvel's doing, their first one in the MCU is What If. That, that only works because when you see the... We don't know what they're going to do with that. When we saw the... The first, issue, the first episode is... Um, Peggy Carter becomes Captain America and Steve Rogers becomes Iron Man. That only works. Thank you. Because we know and we've seen on screen already who Peggy Carter is. We've gone through all this stuff with, oh with Steve, Steve Rogers and, and Tony Stark. We already know what that is. This will never be a solo that, show for either only, one of us because he just put into words what I've been thinking for like five years. That's the only way that works. It only works because you've already... Marvel can do what if now because they've done three phases. Now they're in their phase four and they're like, 
all right, cool. We've trained this audience into what to expect. Now we can turn it on its head and go, what if? DC wants to come out of the box and go, what if? What if the Joker had an origin? And some, like, but, okay, and then people start asking us, like, all right, but what Joker? What, what Batman is that Joker related to? Like, what, we have all these questions that you haven't established, and you think you, haven't, you don't have a need to establish. That's not how storytelling works. Like, it, it isn't. So why would you think that this would be okay? You know, you can only do, you know, Superman Red Sun if you already establish what Superman and what, the, what that original history is. Now you can do the what if on it. It's basic. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It means you need to answer those questions. That's another thing, too, with these things. A lot of times, and again, we're, trying to, we're now getting into the, the rant about the DC Universe. That's where we're going to move on to the comics in a, in a minute. But, like, my other issue with this is, is, Let's say you're going to go down that route, right? And you're going to do a, a Red Sun movie. My problem with DC is they don't get ahead of the announcement and say, this is, what we're, this is the baseline of, of how we're doing that. It's, it's using this idea of what Superman is and then turning it on the head. They basically like, we're going to do a, a Red Sun movie and then they're radio silent until uh, like six months away from the movie and then they're going like, yeah, we're not really going to follow the comic on that, but you'll, you'll get it. You'll, you'll, you'll understand. And we're like, no, we won't. You need to explain. You need to give us the information that we need up front so we can now know what context to, to watch your movie in. You don't even give us a context. So, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Hey. But again, this is why we get upset. Because when we read the comics, they can do it. They've done it. Because they choose to. Here's the thing. Wally West is our, our Flash. We love Wally West. We want Wally West back. We want Justin for Wally West. At the same time, we've been reading that Wilmson uh, Barry Allen book and uh, Flash book, and it's still good. It's still Fire. good. Like, we're not going to, I'm not going to sit there and say, I want Wally back. I'm going to sit there and always tell Vermont Barry that he ain't the fastest man alive. Same time, that book is good. <laughs> the book is good. Don't get me wrong. All right. So, you have things you can take. Don't stop bringing these directors who want to put their own spin on it. I don't need your own fucking spin on Superman. I knew who the fuck Superman is. I need your spin on the Flash costume. It's red fucking spandex. Put him in fucking red spandex. Call it a goddamn day. You don't need to put your spin on it. I don't need your flair on it. I need you to tell the fucking story. Sorry. Now let's move on to my... No, no, you're not wrong. That's... The, the thing about it is, if the books weren't so good, we wouldn't be having the rant. Right. right. I mean, look, look, if this... Uh, we're not going to do this right now, but Deep and I had a, had a little discussion. He finished the boys. We had a discussion about that. A really good discussion. Save it for the next mailbag, possibly. Um, and we had the discussion. We're like, hey, you know what? The, the book's kind of trash. So, you know what? Going on Amazon for doing their own spin because you improved in the source. Here, I'm like, guys, I don't need your spin on the fucking Joker because we have. You're not improving on this source. Like, you only. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Um, let's move over to, um, to Marvel. And um, let's, let's, let's start with something that, that is an event that is finished that we, we've been talking about. And we haven't had a chance to talk about our Lord and Savior, um, Jason Aaron. War of the Realms. All honor to his name. I, this has been. First can, of all, can, welcome. Can, can we can we can we call it? Yeah, do it. Say it. I'll, I'll agree. It, this is the greatest Thor run. 
This is the greatest. This is this is this is it. This is it. I, I don't even feel dirty saying that over at Simonson. I like this is to me it's like a passing of the torch. Exactly. Yo, that's how evolution works. Yeah. Like Jordan was the best till LeBron showed up. Like Hashtag fight me. This was to put Thor through the ringer what he went through. And have him come through and all this stuff with Malkeith and like with, with with Jane and all this stuff and, and it's it's it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. To have it this end with Thor now as all all father Thor. And seeing Odin bow down to him with that. It's like it's earned. Because we have honestly, I'll put it this way. If this is what they end up doing with something with Wally West, I'm here for it because Thor has gotten put through the ringer since Jason Aaron took over. Mm-hmm. And he's been unworthy for how many years now? Since 13, I think 14, maybe. Think about that. Four or five years. He's been unworthy and unable to wield what he is known for for four to five years. And it's still been an incredible run. Because in that time, we also then got Jane Foster, who became Thor. And that run was fucking fantastic. And I love the fact that we haven't, we're not ending this with Jane Foster just going back to being a puny human with, you know, you know, uh, with cancer. No, 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 no. We've now also elevated Jane Foster. So now Jane Foster is never going back to being plain old Jane. Yo. When they were like, oh, yeah, you put the hammer down. And by the way, you also beat that fucking cancer. And oh, by the way, Bruh. we're going to make you a Valkyrie. Not a Valkyrie, Chris. The Valkyrie. Because the rest have been fucking murdered. Yeah, you're right. And that hammer from the other reality that we slipped in from uh, Infinity Wars? Mm-hmm. Or Secret Wars, excuse me? Yeah, yeah. That's now the all weapon. Mm-hmm. Like... The, the scope of the story he told. The very first story ties all the way in. It opens with, uh, what was it, Malekith. Mm-hmm. Halfway through, Malekith was right. And the hammer never budged again for him. Oh, Gore. Oh, Gore, excuse me, Malekith, sorry, Gore. Yep. And the hammer never budges again for him. And then not only do we get this, the, the, the refilling of Molnir with the world tree as they handle, which is a great touch. We also get canonically the first time young Thor picks up Molnir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that we bring back all three Thors again. Yo, that King was... Odin and King Thor are like, let's get a drink. Kids got to think. Like when, 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 when uh, I guess it's the grandkids were, were reading in the future and they were like, wait, if this Hey, what time? And all of a sudden, the the, the Fantastic Four show up. Was like, hey, yeah, um, is your grandfather around? <laughs> We're like, <laughs> I, it's just, it's so good. It and and you know what I think? Uh, what I love most about it is, it's so rewarding. It is such a rewarding story from front to finish, from front from front to end, from back to from front to to, to back. It's just this is uh, one of the most rewarding. Again, there and, and and to be honest, when you go back and listen to our Thor, 
there have been some really good Thor stories. Don't get me wrong. Like, Thor's oh. actually, when you look at it, Thor's actually had a pretty good fucking run. When it you comes know what to it stories. is? When you give a, and this is, I guess we're kind of repeating ourselves. When you give a writer and a team time, they mm-hmm. tend to deliver. Yeah. When it's these quick one hitters, oh, he's doing 12 issues on Thor. When you give him space to run, they fucking run with this character, man. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm really interested in seeing where they go next because I feel like at this point, as a, as a writer, and I, I hesitate to say this was Marvel because you never know. Um, I feel like it'll be really, really hard to reset Thor after this. You, you put them on the time, like the the arm's gonna be there forever. Like the destroyer arm, you you gotta it's gotta take a long stretch to earn get taking that away. Mm-hmm. The yeah. eye, yo, the fact that they reference Asgardian lore because Odin did give up his eye for wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, look, only Thor's can cross this barrier, and they send in four. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh man. I love the I love the and I love the punishment for Malkeith. Like I was like, oh. wait, are they about to but they have them hellhounds tear that little his little his little inner child self up? And then when you realize it what it was is they gave him peace. They gave him mm-hmm. joy. They gave him well, what he ne- never exists. And and, and, joy. and that was that was ever loving it was everlasting torture for him. The way they tortured him was by not torturing him. Like I Oh boy, man, that was that was a run. And the two I can't queens wait. of hell. Mm, oh, yep. Yeah, there's so many like you and I are gonna have to go go through and redo this one day because oh, uh, absolutely. so much. It's absolutely. so good. Absolutely. Now that it's wrapped up, it's like wow, that was well. I want to wait until I want to wait until his four issues of King Thor are done, and when he's officially off the book, and then we'll definitely come back and revisit this whole thing. I'm in. Are you in on the spinoffs? Are you reading Loki? Did you read Loki? I didn't read Loki, but I want to. Because okay. again, that's something Loki and I can vouch for Loki and Valkyrie. I mean, well, I mean, Valkyrie's been written by Al Ewing, and we'll <laughs> get to that. that we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, let's, let's, we're gonna talk about that right now. So let's do it. It's a good transition. So there's been a book that uh, <laughs> not just Deep Harm, but also also Rob from the Black Guy of Tips have been talking about it for a while, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm preparing for. I'm I'm putting something together, reading reading for this pull list. Let me start reading. And I was like, I wonder if immortal, how many issues of Immortal Hulk are on Marvel Unlimited. And the answer is, there are 12. I now have another book to subscribe to, because now I need to catch up to those. I can't wait until the next issue comes on Marvel Unlimited. I now have to catch up on that book, because literally, no pun intended, holy hell. Al Ewing is a crazy person. And I've been saying that in this pool list for about a year now. And now you see why, right? My God. Well, first of all, Al Ewing, <laughs> Al Ewing also did that wonderful uh, Ultimate series that if you had- It's true, it's true. And, and when I was reading that, I, I started reading that, when I, when I started reading Immortal Hulk, I was like, oh, this is, this is Al Ewing. It was like, oh, I know, okay. Mm. All you know, you, you know nothing, Jon Snow. I was like, mm, no, this is not gonna be good for anybody. And, nope. um, yeah, man, th- what a, this is, those 12 issues have been, wow. It's a lot. So what's happening? I don't know what issue I'm in. I'm very much Immortal Hulk drunk. What's happening right now? Oh, for me? Yeah. For what I read? So I got up to the right, uh, right to the point where they've, 
they're uh they've been pulled into quote unquote hell. And um that's where that's the that's where the twelve inches. Like there's a couple issues after that. They're they're right at that point where um you get uh where I guess Hulk is about to confront Hulk turns to to what uh McGee it basically said that I'm the destroyer of worlds or something like that. But that's where yeah. I've topped, topped off at. Um, one, I, I gotta say, I love the fact that they... What's her name? Is it, is it McGee? I think so, yeah. I think I love the fact that they gave... So there's a black woman here who's a journalist who's been trying to track down these uh, Bruce Banner and these Hulk sightings. And I love the fact that they put her there because they have a moment when she's talking... I can't remember if she's talking to either Hulk or she's talking to Bruce at that time. Where she's basically like, I, I want what you have. And it basically comes down to this idea of, as a black woman, she's not allowed to have the anger that Bruce Banner has. And she cracks down. And she's like, he's like, but it comes to the call. She's like, yeah, all this is that happening. You keep getting second chances. After all the stuff that the Hulk has done, and what your anger has done, and what your anger has caused, people go out of their way to try to help you still. You, right. you keep getting second chances. She was like, I'm a black, I'll never get those chances. I always have to keep that stuff inside. And I was like, that is pairing, pairing the Hulk up with a, 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 a black woman like that. I'm like, that is amazing. And again, we talked about this a while ago. I love the idea of getting white male writers. We need more diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. But having white male writers who, who are able to write nuance with black characters and characters of color and characters outside of their own groups is absolutely 100% necessary. I forget Al Ewing's a white guy every time we talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like, not kidding. Like, not, not me trying to be facetious. I legitimately, like, every time, I'm like, is, that, is Al Ewing white? I'm like, yeah. yeah. First of all, Al, I thought we took Al in the Tyrone Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, we got, right, right, I thought right. We got, I'm, just, right. I'm sorry. Um, but also, yeah. Like, you think about how he wrote Monica. And yeah. every appearance he's ever had under mm-hmm. his pen. Mm-hmm. How he wrote Brashear in, in uh, Ultimates. Mm-hmm. How he wrote T'Challa. Mm-hmm. How he writes the, like, uh, what was her name? Uh, America. here. Yeah. America, dude. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is fantastic. And, like, that is, that, that, was a, that was a great moment that I wasn't expecting. And, um, yeah, so... I have ten issues to catch up on because apparently issue twenty two is out today, and I need to. Yeah, nigga, it's a it's a problem. I, I need to catch up on that. So that, that again, if you have Marvel Unlimited, pick it up now and thank me. Thank thank us later. Uh, thank us kind of because this shit gets dark. Oh, it gets like how doing like is crazy. It gets very dark. It's. It is, um... It's a horror book starring the Hulk. This is not a superhero book. I want to make that very clear. Absolutely not. Like, and... Like, the idea of, you know, it's nighttime, it's, that's, that's his time, that's the Hulk's time. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, this is very... Mm, mm. Yeah. And if you're thinking to yourself, wait, didn't he just die in this situation? They address it. Oh, oh you're yeah. You're not going to be happy with how they address it. <laughs> Yeah, they address it. So, if you have a thing about jars, mm. Mm. avoid this book. Like, it's really bad, guys. Like, I'm I'm trying not to spoil anything, but I'm also trying to make sure you're probably aware of what you're fucking getting into when the book is called The Immortal Hulk and Alien Writing. Yeah, and this is why I have faith for Valkyrie because he can write anyone, apparently. <laughs> 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in that book. I'm I'm in on Valkyrie. I gotta. I I didn't know that they were gi- that they were giving the, her her own book, and that Al Ewing was writing it as well. I saw that. I saw like some some solicitor for it. And I was like, "What are you looking at?" I was like, "Wait, who's writing it?" And what? So I have to buy this book now. I have to. I have you to. You texted me like, "Why didn't you tell me Al Ewing was writing Valkyrie?" Right. I was like, "Yo, I mean, nigga, yes, I'm in. Of course, I'm in." <laughs> and what kind of question mm-hmm. is this? Um, let's get to some other stuff. I, I I've, I've been reading. Um, I'm not all the way caught up on it, but I've been reading Ironheart. It's really good. Oh, Eve Ewing. Yeah, love what Eve Ewing has done with Ironheart. I love that. I, I love that book. Um, it's been great. And, and you'll say this between that book and the Miles Morales book, I was very nervous about Brenda's leaving Marvel because, like, these are characters that I know he cares about and is invested in. They got handed off to great hands, man. Yeah, I need to catch up on the Miles book. I had an issue uh, with my subscription, so I'm 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 way behind on that. They weren't they weren't they weren't uh, charging me for them. They didn't um, they weren't delivering to me. So I gotta I gotta get my Miles subscription back up. So I gotta catch up on those. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They've been They've been great on those. Um, so, I, I have you been reading the Black Panther book? No. So I haven't either. I need to catch up on that because sorry, I've been. Ken, I, I know. I'm I, sorry. I, I haven't been catching up on that because I've been reading the other book the coach is writing. Yo, his captain. This motherfucker has figured something out on this <laughs> format. Uh, Nicholas here. Um, we need to have a conversation. So you and I talked during his last Black Panther and we're like, look, whenever he figures this thing out as far as pacing and like getting everything in different, like recognizing how the page breaks work and panels work for him, he's going to be dangerous. We're here now. He's dangerous. Um, I love this cat book because it really is picking up from where Nick Spencer left off with the character and what he did and having <laughs> Captain America have to deal with it. Like the idea of him basically being framed for for Thunderbolt Ross's murder, which, by the way, I, I think, no, not that, it wasn't, that might also, no, anyway, I'll leave that alone, but um, being framed for that murder, having been put into that prison, being run by uh, Von Strucker, um, nigga, when they reveal who the Dryad is, look, and I was like, no fucking way. I cheered. I was like, you. With a nose ring. We, we say we're spoiling. We, we, we're spoiling. We're, we're not doing this. We're spoiling. Think when they said, when, when Sharon says some of that, ain't that right, Aunt Peggy? And I was like, that's Peggy. You shut the fuck up. I cheered. I don't know what, uh, what changed for Coates. And apparently, and again, I'm not saying anything wrong about the Black Panther book. I, I know people are saying that it, it is actually good as well. But I'm just saying, this cat book, though, right now, this cat book. This is some next level shit. This is some, this, this is some, this is some good shit. And also, it's the idea him that talking we, about America, telling America about itself, using Captain America to do so. Well, it's, it's, but what I love about it is, it's literally is a continuation of what Nick Spencer was doing as well. For sure. And, and so, to really get the understanding of what Captain America is and what is needed. Um, and what what are the what is the ladies group called? Um, what they're called? Um, the Daughters of Liberty. Daughters of Liberty. Yeah, you know, there's this group of women who, you know, are gonna help basically Steve Rogers become what he needs to become, and and kind of redefine what like this whole thing is. A, I, 
I think that's why I love it so much about to me is it, it just further justifies what the work Nick Spencer did and not taking away any of the work the coach did. He's doing a fantastic job, but like sure. And again, even the Nick Spencer work built on what Remender did. So it's and like, so I think that you touched on one of the, our favorite things about Marvel is that the next guy to pick up the ball doesn't ignore what came before. Right. And that's not my cap. I'm telling a different cap. And, no, no, no. That's and, the same cap. Tell this story. And, and, and Captain America has been that we've had, had we've had three different writers mm-hmm. since they uh we have three different writers and they're all still telling in a way the same story the same Captain America story and that is fucking fantastic and you should be reading Captain America very much so absolutely should be reading Captain America um we talk about Nick Spencer's book, though Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man. I'm, I'm not caught up on Spider Man, but like we should talk about that because he's also doing a fantastic job on Nick, on on, on Spider Man. Oh, it's just been amazing. But I was going to use Spider Man to talk about Venom. Oh yeah, look, nigga. I don't know where they got off charging eight dollars for Ultimate uh, for uh, Absolute Carnage today. I don't know where I got off paying it. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Got him. Got him. <laughs> I tell you this. I'm in. Yeah. It's one of those situations where they've done a lot of the groundwork in the last three, four, five years, and now all those pieces are coming to matter and they're coming to roost, including if you remember, we talked about the end of Dan Slot's run, the Red Goblin. Yeah, that shit matters too. Here's the crazy. Here's the crazy thing. Um, we said that for the DC. So and this over to technically Sony. If you want to know why, I don't give a shit that Andy Serkis is directing Venom Two or that there isn't going to be a Venom Two. Read these fucking Venom books. Read was we read what Marvel has been doing with these characters. Johnny you Case will see is a psychopath. And you. Bro, come on. Remember the, the Thanos book? He gave him a corner of the universe and said, yeah, you can write Venom. He goes, I have a seven-year plan. And they were like, excuse me, sir? <laughs> <laughs> For Venom? <laughs> For who? No, no. It, it's a four-issue meeting. No, it's not. Just give me the pin. If you want to know why and, I don't give a uh, shit. He's an integral part of fucking War of the, War of the Realms. Yo, yo, he is. Like, I remember, yo. You know, like, if you want to know why... Because the all-black, the necrosode, spoiler, is a fucking symbiote weapon. Hmm. If you want to know why I don't give a shit about Venom 2, or Venom it's 1 like to it begin never, with... It's like it's not happening. Because if you want to tell a good story, there are plenty of material for you to use, and you refuse to do it. So fuck you and your dumb fucking <laughs> movie. I'm not this is the book, doing this. This is the book that makes Chris physically angry because Venom was so bad. Because it's like, and again, I have not seen Venom. I just know. I remember. You I, I, I every, see it. Every time I see a clip of them, like, there's a, oh, they, they keep playing the clip of him in the, 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 the convenience store. And I'm like, he look, it looks bad. It looks bad. Then you read what Donnie Cates is a crazy. Remember, Donnie Cates is the, the crazy motherfucker who made. Um, uh, Frank Castle, the fucking writer. Okay, he's sure. crazy. <laughs> he's fucking crazy. But it's good as shit. All right, we've been here for a while. We've got to talk X Men. I want to talk. I want to do quick plugs on other things I'm reading. Okay. Um, Champions, fucking great. Old Man Quill, 
I'm not big on those old man books. I was surprised by this. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Invisible Woman is a five-issue mini. Our issue two came out this week. Really well done. Dan Slott's Fantastic Four. I love Dan Slott. You guys know how I feel. History of the Marvel Universe is super interesting. So they're doing like a miniseries. I think it's Mark Wade, But the, basically the premise is it's the end of time. Galactus and Franklin are talking. And Galactus says, tell me the story of the Marvel Universe one more time. And it's basically them narrating the Marvel Universe. And so it's kind of setting the tone for the world that's coming forward, the world that's come, and kind of cleaning up some of the continuity questions you might have. Really enjoyed that. Guardians of the Galaxy, I've, they put Brandon and Bill on a team. I'm reading your book. Sorry. Um, they gave Gail Simone Domino and Domino Hotshots for long enough for me to fall back in love with that character. Uh, please read Gail Simone's Domino and Domino Hotshots. It's very, 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 very good. Let's talk about this shit. All right. So <clears throat> I caught up on, on, on what uh, Rosenberg did with on, on Kenny X-Men. And can, we talk about that? can we talk about that first? Yeah. We got to oh. talk about that first. How dare everyone speak ill of this book? Like, my God. You want X Men to feel desperate and hunted? There's your book. My God. Thank like, you. I'm so. By the way, we have not discussed this. These are two bona fide X Men heads who have not discussed the last. Eight months of events. Because I wasn't going to be able to get into Hickman without at least reading that. And I, and I still got to go further back a little bit to catch up on everything. But I at least wanted to catch up on that last bit of what Rosenberg was doing on Uncanny. And, who boy. You know, you, you, we're not going to cover the stuff you would cover about when the X-Men disappeared because of the, the fight between uh, Nate and Legion. You you already covered that when we did the uh, one of the mailbags, um, but then from that moment on, when we get uh, 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 Cyclops back and we get Logan back, um, I love the moment when I love the moment when uh, Cyclops is about to take on all these people that are that are coming in the Reavers of uh, the Purifier, all these people, and he's like, and they're like, you all came alone, and all of a sudden Logan shows up, they whoop everybody's ass. And at the end, <laughs> like they're just like, it's like, good to see you, Logan. You too, Slim. Let's get out of here. It's like, it's just, we back. We back. It's like we never left. And, um, but no, I love that because I love the way they were telling the story about, you know, the X-Men disappeared and having Wolverine and Logan kind of having the piece of things together with the, new, the, 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 what was left of the new mutants and everything going on there and just kind of where we left off. With, with with that and pretty much it dovetailed on. out of there's a new mutants um, uh miniseries mm-hmm. that kind of that's how we got the techno arc versions of those new mutants but like it was one of those books where i was like oh this is a quiet little book in a corner of the universe no one cares about but it had repercussions and it mattered and they made it matter in this book and then the the reveal that it's all emma's fault anyway mm-hmm. yeah or the, at least that emma was hiding was hiding it everything. The ideas from... in Scott and, and Logan's head. Oh, yeah. Logan right. does not take it well. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. At all. No. Uh, and they try to do this thing of hiding mutants from the world. Not just the X Men, but the mutants and making people think that, they, that mutants don't even exist. And you have this idea of do mutants even want this? And when the X Men come back, the rest of the X Men come back, they destroy it. And then we kind of end the series with this whole the X Men are here to stay. And, and the world's going to deal with this. And then as when we get into Hickman's 
we jump to this, this, this what Hickam is doing with House of X and Powers of X. Um, and it's just, it's so much, man. I'm. So did, you read, did you read today's House of X? Nigga, of course I did. This motherfucker's gone crazy. So basically, more McTyak Taggart is a mutant whose power is resurrection. Mm-hmm. And. Resurrection, reincarnation. Reincarnation, I'm sorry. Life. Yeah, re- reincarnation. And so she's basically been living. We have, if you think about it, we have been reading and following the X Men timeline from the point of view of one of Moira's reincarnations. So this is where I come in. So for me, the point of view is this has always been the 10th timeline. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And now it makes everything else creepier. It makes. Professor Xavier recruiting those first five mutants, knowing what he knows, creepier. He didn't recruit five passive power sets. He recruited ones built for war. The fact that he serotypically found mutant power sets that were designed for combat is no longer an accident of Cerebro. It is meticulously planned by Charles Xavier. It makes everything creepier. And now, so what's your take on the first panels of House of X? Oh, I'm trying to think back to what the first panel of House of X is. Charles is in a room full of karokopods. One opens, two open. One with the woman with red hair and a man with glowing red eyes come out and he says to me, my X-Men. Oh. Yeah, you're right. He's controlling his kids now. Yeah. Like, this is what's... So, when you read House of X 1, everything that happens on Karoka and everything that happens with the X-Men feels very clinical and detached and a little bit off and weird. Mm -hmm. But if this is an Xavier that has been radicalized by his earlier meeting with Moira McTaggart, that has tried one way and watched it fail and is now adopting one of the other failed timelines of Moira McTaggart, it makes a lot more fucking sense. And it gets creepier because Powers of Ten might be the weirdest book I've ever read. I don't know what to do, Chris. I'm reading the back matter. I'm over here staring. I, look, the first issue of Powers of, of House of X, excuse me, I bought the director's cut. I did too. And they black out certain things in the fucking script because Hickman's an asshole. I'm holding the pages up to the light like maybe he actually blacked out and I can see through this bit. Like, I, I'm Joe in, 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 in that first page of the script where he's talking about them coming out to be my X-Men, it's all blacked out, Chris. <laughs> he knows exactly where we are in that moment. That little half-ass map in the back matter, I was like, you piece of shit. The only list is like seven places. It's a big-ass island. Mm-hmm. Which is the point. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm I'm itching, man. I'm back on that Hickman, man. This ain't right. I don't feel good. I don't like the way I feel, but I know it is familiar. Chris, I don't know. I'm so glad we're talking about this, even if I'm just rambling. What is going... Because I look back at the other stuff, and it all kind of makes sense. Like, even Secret Warriors, Avengers, FF, I kind of got... They're kind of linear stories. Less Fantastic Four. With this here... 
I don't know what's I don't know what to do. We don't know what's coming. It's 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 and, and it's I, unsettling. I, I, I'm saying this. I'm saying this in a good way. It's all over the place. But I think mm-hmm. that's the point because then we'll get the pieces after these miniseries are done. Because we're getting us we're getting a new issue of each one of the the, the series each each week. So this week right. was House of X. So next week will be uh, Powers of X. Next two weeks are Powers. Yeah. So I got the checklist on my laptop. Right. Another thing that's cool is that by reading Powers of Ten, you oh, see okay. that there's been some, there was something seated in Remander's run on Secret Avengers and on his run on X Force. The idea of the emergent technology that that AI is not. He says it in House of X too. AI is not a discovery. It's a it's a it's not a, it's not a creation. It's a discovery. Right. And that. By eliminating the Trask in one of her timelines, Mario just found out that this is always coming. Yeah. So the idea that another evolutionarily jump would come not from just within humans, but from outside of humans, that this machine hierarchy will evolve on its own is something that's been seeded in the Marvel Universe for the last five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Remember, Deathlock used to say that kind of shit in X-Force. What, what, that, that's what I love about, that's what I've been loving about so far about the, the issues right now. I don't know where they're going. But the fact that it feels like it's bringing all the stuff we've read before when it comes to the X-Men back together. Mm-hmm. So some X-Force stuff, some um, X-Men stuff from some other issues. All this stuff feels like it's coming, coming back in and being useful and going to be used at some point. You know, obviously, um, I feel like not that we've seen these timelines, but we've seen shadows of some of these timelines before. Um, and I'm very intrigued by, about that. Like in, in Powers of Ten, we got the Nimrod and, 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 and what's going on there, like the whole the Chimera program and, and what's going on over there. Like I was re- again, he has me reading in between the panels uh, with, with, with these little, like little, little, those little, um, well, here's the, here's the, 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 the three the different strains of the, 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 the <laughs> I'm like, oh, what the You're fuck? You're at plants now, like what's that plant? Right. It's like, you know, the different drugs that, the, uh, that, uh, Kroka and them are, are, are making and the different drugs they're having for some for humans, some for mutants, and what they do. All this, I'm reading all these things. Like, um, it's it's so much. It's it's an information overload, and it the sinister line, the bre- the mutant breeding program. You know, the, and, like reading the backstory of Powers of Ten, you're like, oh, this all ends super poorly, right? But then you can also then you, when you read the House of X now, when you're reading the different timelines. The Moyer's kind of gone through. You're like, wait, are is powers like which which one is, which one do we fall in? Which one is is it? Like it's, but it also allows for all those different dystopian futures of the X Men to still be like relevant. Exactly. Bishop's timeline, Daisy Future Past. Like you can have them all cable shit. All of this can exist because of the way they presented it. And the question now is, are they going to split the history? Like I don't know. What the, I, I I'm I'm at a loss. You know what's because funny? there's enough mutants that whose power, including Eva Green, Eva Bell from uh, Business's Run, mm-hmm. whose power was to jump through time. What's been what's what's been so interesting in just across comics for DC and Marvel now is both lines are doing something very very big with with some of their seminal characters and doing some of the same things of reconciling timelines in different ways, but we're doing it in. This is wow. I don't know what 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 the future holds. I know by the end of these minis, I'm not going to be prepared for when Hickman starts writing the X Men proper series. 
I don't know if I'm right. Like, honestly, I hope I survive House and Powers. I've seen the solicits. They look great. Um, but I, I, yeah, I have no, yeah, man. Like, the most important panel in X-Men history is the fact that he reads Moyer's mind and learns about her other eight lives. Which makes every decision he's made more calculated and more creepy. Mm-hmm. Him behind that fucking uh, Cerebro looking awfully like the maker from fucking um, Dude, when I, when I first saw these solicits from them and I wasn't paying attention to what it was, I thought that's who that was. I was like, why is everybody calling him uh, the maker? Why are they everybody calling him Xavier? I was like, so, oh, yeah, it's a- just between you and me, you know who invented the maker, Mike, right? Oh, well, Hickman. Jonathan fucking Hickman. Right. Right. So I think but also, that... Th- but also think about that. Also, so when we go back to that, and we think about his Ultimates run, what was the Maker trying to do? The Maker was doing something very, very similar. Maker was doing something very, very similar to what... Yeah. Ex- oh, I, I caught that, too. I, I caught that, too, and I was like, this feel, I feel like we've... This is not new territory. It is new territory, but it's also not new territory. And I'm... Correct. I'm very, I'm both very, like I, boy. I'm afraid, but I'm happy. I almost feel like I have to go back. I've read all the, I've read the X-Men stuff before. I feel like now I think I need to go back and read all the Hickman stuff before that too. Like, and it's so funny. I was reading the interview with him and he said, Fantastic Four and uh, Avengers, I never really read those as a kid. I've been writing this X-Men story since I was seven. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now I'm like, I am legitimately nervous. I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know. Because what he did was before with that Fantastic Four and Avengers run, it's basically five years of a Reed Richards Doctor Doom story. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. It's essentially Reed versus Reed and Victor having a conversation for five to six years. This is different. And I would be lying if I said, as a black man, some of those bars that were dropped by those mutants in House of X1. Hmm. I was like, burn it down. Let's go burn this motherfucker to the ground. Did you think I was gonna, we were going to let you kill us forever and never stand up for ourselves, Susan? Mm. Talk your shit, Slim. Mm. Magneto, the secret is you're all wolves. What? <laughs> Talk your shit, Eric. <laughs> Yo, I'm... Mm. Like, I, I, I screencapped the quote pages from the digital version of the director's cut. Because mm-hmm. just, just seeing them in stark black and white is so. There has never been a mutant war. We've never enslaved someone else's land. These are our advantages. Yeah, yeah, Nigga. I was like, I know I'm supposed to be wary of like creepy Charles, but Charles is shit right now. He's saying all the right things for me. This week's issue made it very nervous and very like, I like it a lot. I still love it because it still gives me that emotion. But it was. It was one of the first times, so for so often, this, the, the, the X-Men are written, obviously ostracized, obviously protecting world that hates and fears them, but doing so from a position of supplication. This is like, without going all new 90s, the most militant X-Men I've ever read. Yep. When Grant Morrison was writing, there was all black, there was black leather, but it was still fight for acceptance. Ain't this no is ain't no move aside. Ain't, 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 ain't no exceptions to be. <laughs> you're being given a piece of the world for now to keep. What are you trying to say? You know what you sound like? I do, and I'm glad I can finally say it. 
you have new gods. <laughs> Hickman. Hickman. Let's go. Let's do this. Right here. I've got theories. I've got ideas. I've got dreams, but I'm not going to second guess or even like try to fantasy book Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman has earned the I'm along for the ride pass with me. I almost at this point don't even want to talk about this until uh, October 9th when, when the last issue of uh, Powers comes That's out. That's fair. Let's have, let's, two I, months. I almost you and me like are we, out for two months. On October 9th, we'll talk at, about I, this book. About this book. I feel like I want to do that so we can then go. Mm, yeah, man. I got <laughs> again. Like I said, that is the exact sound we're gonna make. Again, because like I said, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading that first issue of House, and I was like, Are we sure this is not the Maker? Because like this is, we did this. This is Makerish. This is very, very Makerish. This is very, very Makerish. And I'm like, Oh no, do I need to? Oh no. <laughs> Yo, when, 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 <laughs> when, when. It's like how basically tells Sue's like, yo, tell your son basically when he's ready to come with his people, we'll be here waiting for him, yo. It's like he's got family here. He's got family, yo. Yo, this nigga's out here listening to Mega Mutants. Mm. Don't let's 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 stop. Let's stop. Let's take it all in. We'll come back. Um oh boy. Uh so uh I think that's all we got for now. It all it's a it's been an hour and a half. Yeah, it's been an hour and a half. Um, but that's all we got, and, and we we skipped over a lot of stuff. But I just yeah. want to say um, that um, yeah, this is. Um, I need you guys to stop writing comic books so well because, uh, God damn it, man! I I just you're doing I, fine, sweetie. I just don't have enough time in the world right now. But no, it's, it's a great. It, this is you know for all the talk about people talking about the devil comic books and blah blah blah. blah this is a great time to be a comic reader. It's a great time to, to to hop in. If you're feeling overwhelmed by something with uh with the Hickman stuff, if you're feeling confused, don't worry about it. We are too. We don't know what's going on either. Just read. That's the fun for me. Yep. Just read it. So um all right, folks, you're gonna get more pull us from us for a while. So um we'll we'll talk about we're gonna The October 9th one is yeah. I Yeah, the October 9th one is gonna be <laughs> Just set the side set the time aside now. Yeah. Just that might be a, just what we talk about that entire time. So all right, folks. Um again, thank you guys very much for listening. Um if you're listening to this, I'm probably gonna put this af- out after we put out our uh Star Trek uh 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 Super Tuesday recap where we talk about the news out of San Diego Comic Con with that. Also go to the page. You can check out some of the pictures Brandon and I took for that. Um, also, by the time you listen to this, this is probably going to be out after podcast week finishes on UD Pod. So, uh, you got anything? Yeah, we've had so much fun this week. So it's been a lot of fun this week. Yeah, it's been so much fun. I uh, thanks for everyone's rock with it. Uh, if you listen all the way through podcast week, there's a very special uh, message at the back end of the SummerSlam episode. Is that episode 150, Chris? Oh shit! Congratulations on that one. Yeah. Bro. Thank you, man. It's uh, it's it, I'm I'm I say some nice things there, but it's I'm a little touched, man. That we even got this far. Um, um, all right. Well, uh, folks, thank you guys very much for listening and taking to taking with us this entire time. I hope you guys enjoy comics as much as we do. We love talking about them, obviously, because we just did an hour and a half. 
on this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's literally 10, 10, 18 at night, and I haven't eaten yet. So, go figure. So, let's get, anyway, Chris, some, let's get, get Chris some food. Let's get, get some food. So, again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. And until next time, we are out of here. Peace.